because you better lose yourself in the music oh, the moment you <laughs> you better never let it go oh you only get one shot do not miss your chance to blow oh. this opportunity comes once in a lifetime yo I didn't so, know that was the bit we were going with for the opening. <laughs> so, so if you thought that that didn't land, let me tell you how Vivek Ramswani must have felt at his little uh, campaign event mm. where at the end of it, all of a sudden, he just breaks out the Lose Yourself karaoke. <laughs> In, a, in the midst of a crowd of just conservatives, old conservatives, because let's be real, who's going to a Vivek rally? That's true. Yeah. And it, this this happened uh, on my day where I wasn't looking at Twitter too yeah, much or yeah. X, I should say. And I can't forgive any of you. <laughs> for who ta- I can't forgive any of you who tagged us. In it this was in the Discord too. Or, or dropped it in the Discord or tagged us on TikTok or whatever it was. That was like legitimately... I, I was cringing so hard. I, and it's, I, it's crazy because that's not the demographic he needs to get right no. now. No. Not at all. Because it'd be wild because, like, the people who I think of that would vote for Vivek Ramaswamy, one, I can't even conceptualize them in my head, and two, it's not that. Mm-mm. It's anything but that. I, that would land better at a Trump rally. Yeah. I feel like the, the type of conservatives that fuck with Eminem, like, absolutely ride for white rappers, yeah. are the type that vote for Trump. And it's not like, vivid. But the thing is, like, Eminem hates y'all. You know what I, I mean? That's an awfully hot coffee exactly. pot. <laughs> that's, that was my first thought was, like, Eminem doesn't like you. And also the young people that I'm guessing he's trying to appeal to with this, if he's, you know, even thinking this yeah. through, they hate the Republican Party. <laughs> Gen Z millennials, they fucking hate you guys. And Eminem. Yeah, and Eminem. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing here? Oh, my goodness. He's 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 a goofball. Yeah. That's why I fuck with him. That's why he, he is one of the he's a sleeper pick for one of the, the funniest people coming through for this round of the primaries. Did you see Vivek Ramaswamy also had like a Vivek's Ten Commandments thing? Oh, yeah. That he had at some convention or, or conference or whatever. Was I going think on? we covered those a while ago. Okay. Er, no, we covered his 25-point plan, plan. Save America. For, yeah, exactly. America First 2.0. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but he, he had these Ten Commandments, and my first thought was like, isn't this like blasphemy or something? <laughs> like, can't you not do this? Isn't there some I'm gonna, rule? I'm going to drop my Bible. I'm pretty sure there's some rule. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's some rule in the Ten Commandments that says, like, you can't worship other, it's other the, it's idols. It's the Tenth Commandment. You I, I don't remember what it is. You can't have another commandment. Yeah, but you can't you, have you, your own. You can't just make your own for the sake of winning a political election. I'm dropping the new... New Testament, guys. Yeah. For America First 3.0. If this isn't like devil in sheep's clothing type shit, yeah. I don't know what is. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, I, I feel like this, uh, that should not fly. Because I feel like if a liberal did the same thing where it was like, I don't know, Biden's Ten Commandments, exactly. Bidenomics, etc., they would be like, <laughs> this is the devil. He's summoning Lucifer. Exactly. It's just like, how how can this happen in the same week that Matt Gates drops his prayer in schools bill? Oh, he did? He dropped a prayer in schools bill? He's trying to get, like, a bill that would allow prayer back in schools, even though, like, it's allowed. You just can't make anybody do it. Yeah. Nobody's stopping you from going and praying, like, before your math test. (laughs) Matt Gates is taking a a moral stance in favor of compulsory prayer in school. That's so good. Pretty sick, actually. But, yeah, yeah, you can can drop that and try to get the religious right, but then the religious right will just ignore you when you do literal blasphemy. Yeah, well, and that's crazy because, like, we it, it's been case law through the Supreme Court for mm-hmm. decades now that you can't force students to pray, but they can do it if they want. Yeah. That, that's always been the rule yeah. since like 1960-something, ever since that landmark Supreme Court case. And now they're saying, yeah, we want to force students like, to pray. Like, I don't get it. I don't know the details of the bill. I don't know if it's like for, forcibly set aside time to pray or just like, oh, yeah, let's let's create a problem and then say that we're allowing it even though it's already allowed because mm. they do that a lot. It's a real big conservative tactic is just introduce a bill that solve a problem that doesn't exist. Maybe this is their attempt to uh, solve school shootings. That is a big, like, and you you think I'm being facetious, right? I'm being flippant. But a lot of the time when school shootings happen, when big high profile school shootings happen, conservatives come out and say, like, we need more God in the schools. That's what's going on. Wasn't there someone who was like, uh, we need to just pray harder? Uh, or some shit after like one of the one of the big ones last year (laughs) i think uh there was was it the one in texas yeah i I can't remember it was a texas senator or something that said something about praying would actually solve this issue all the liberals were like you know thoughts and prayer we're not gonna accept thoughts and prayers Uh anymore 24 kids just died something along those lines and then some uh, a couple of republicans (laughs) came out and were like no thoughts and prayers matter they said well that's the problem (laughs) (laughs) that's the real problem here like thoughts and prayers has been memed for so long ever as long as i can remember oh at least since yeah. Parkland 2018, right? <laughs> yeah. And now it's like people, we've come full circle and people are like buying into the meme and they're like, no, thoughts and prayers really do help. But like, yeah, guys, why would it have persisted for so long? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's because we weren't thinking and praying hard enough. That's what it is. 
let's manifest it guys they're one step removed from yeah. the crystal mommy yeah getting back around to our boy vivek ramaswamy yes, though yes, yes, um eminem thing big fumble i think everyone Huge thinks fumble. that's corny especially when dude's sitting at three percent to five percent somewhere in there yeah you need to be appealing to a different audience it's not doing it dog <laughs> What are you doing? Is I can't he doing imagine it for a book deal. Like he's already a, a hundred millionaire. <laughs> I can't imagine standing in that crowd as he just breaks that out. I don't know. Yeah. Where. Well, just especially all of a sudden you're in a sea of, of old white people. Exactly. Right? Like there's like who around you is going to be bumping to that. Cause like, I imagine you, you probably weren't as caught off guard with me as they were mm -hmm. with Vivek. Cause like we do goofy things like that. Exactly. But Vivek tries to be a very serious candidate. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. What a clown show over there. American Very politics excited. is cool. American politics is my favorite. I love conservatives. Welcome back to Head in the Office, everybody. Boy, do we got a show planned oh, for yes, you today. Uh, in line with us talking about Vivek Ramswamy, we got to talk about the debates today. Of we course. got some news coming the, for the debates. 10 days, if you're listening uh -huh. as a, you know, dope patron Sunday on Sunday. supremacist. Yeah. But if you're listening uh, as a regular, degular Wednesday weenie or later on, just next week. It's in one week. Republican debates are happening. The first Republican debates are happening, and we're uh -huh. very excited. And we're excited to announce right now, Oh, we will be live for it. Have to. Uh, we're going to start an hour early. I don't know. I, I think the, deba the debates start at 7 or 8. We'll be Something live an like hour that. early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we'll be live probably at either 6 or 7, whatever's exactly. an hour earlier, Eastern time. Exactly. Don't forget it. Yeah. yeah. Don't we'll, forget it. Uh, we're going to be live. We'll have the exact details down in the description mm -hmm. for you to go and check out. We hope to see you there. Join us for the, the debate pre-show and the debate watch party. Truly, it's an occasion that we could not miss. Exactly. I've, we've been hyping it up and, for months. And I'm really, oh my God. I know this is like the culmination of everything we've I know. done. You know I know. I mean? like it's like the official start of the 2024 campaign. Like mm -hmm. shenanigans. Exactly. This is where everything's going to start getting good. Like you, you you guys have been watching as we, we've covered <laughs> insane political ads. Uh -huh. the, the Pudding Fingers ad. <laughs> We've covered all the fumbles that Ron DeSantis has been through, the the various felonies Donald Trump has been yeah. charged with. You think that was crazy? That's Strap all foreplay. In. Strap <laughs> in, because we're about to get all of these personalities clashing, maybe. But, but we'll cover true, that this episode. True. About to have the main course. Exactly. But if you want to uh, watch the debate with us, uh, react with us, and see Ooh. how we're reacting live, Ooh. check it out. We'll Watch what there. happens live. We'll be there, and we hope you're, you'll be there as well. But today, we also got to talk about some other news. We got to talk about Stephen Crowder a little bit. A little bit of Stephen Crowder. We got to talk about some election results out of we Ohio. We have to talk about women in positions of power in gay serial. Mm -hmm. uh, uh -huh. that, that's a really big topic, I hear. It's, it's Many a good one. I, a lot of people are talking about it. We got to talk about buzzsaws at the border. I was going to say, yeah, immigrants being executed. Uh -huh. uh, nothing new there, of course. But before we get into the show, as always, I, I might as well get down on my hands and knees and beg at this point. <laughs> I know there's some of you. That haven't bought some merch. And I'm, I'm, I'm simply perplexed because we, we have a variety of options. That's right. You can get some stickers. You can get mm -hmm. a hat. Or if you want to go a little bit crazy, you can get a couple of t-shirts. We got something for Come everybody. On. We got Available. various colors you can get. Uh, it's all there in it's the cool. store. It's drip. It's right behind me uh -huh. if you're watching the video. Headintheoffice.com. Go ahead and check it out and browse. Peruse a little bit. It's in the description. Go and do it. Or... If you'd like to support the show another way, you could always become a patron. Mm -hmm. Early access to all of our episodes, every every piece of content we produce. You, you know the deal, really. Mm -hmm. You know the deal. But if you want to support the show completely for free. Pretty completely for free. Leave us a five-star review on Apple. That's right. And we'll read it on the show, just like these fantastic people right here. The first one we have up, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Leftist Paradise Pod by Nick Pett. What can I say? How wonderful is it to have these gents report the juicy news about our wild American political circus? Five out of five hammers plus five out of five wrenches equals 10 out of 10 Karl Marx. Yeah, he actually, he Karl Marx was a graphic designer. He made that logo. Hell yeah. <laughs> he drew himself, you know what I'm saying? Did it MS Paint, really? Exactly, yeah, he was a man of many talents. Jack of all trades. <laughs> Next review we got here is from Jacob K01, Hitto Household. Jacob K says, around April, my mom was in the car with me driving back to college in Savannah after I spent Easter weekend with my family in Virginia. I threw on the Trump is the new Tupac episode and <laughs> she yeah. was she was hooked. Oh my God, <laughs> getting your moms on the pod? That's crazy. Moms love head in the office. I'm saying. <laughs> moms I love it. We have a track record. <laughs> 
<laughs> Continuing on with this review, uh, it says here, she's an eighth grade English teacher and has to deal with all sorts of backwards politics and ridiculous accusations from parents. I think hearing you guys gave her comfort that there's a large part of our generation that refuses to accept the straight up cartoonish levels of evil from the right. That's got to be crazy during the Tate wave. <laughs> oh, Being yeah. Being an eighth grade English teacher during the Tate wave, that's yeah, you, nuts. Do you remember seeing, uh, there was some graph that came out that was like, young boys are for Republicans by like 30%, 40%. Yeah. And if that's, if there's ever any evidence that your political movement has been poisoned, it is almost unanimous support from young boys because That's young boys say young boys are fucking stupid. I had I can't remember where I saw that article, but it was some article that I found on like an actual like somewhat it was like a New York Post type yeah. deal. You know what I mean? And they're like, yeah, the conservatism may be the new punk rock. Like young boys are loving it. <laughs> it's That's... conservatism is actually counterculture. Look at how many young boys are into it. Young boys are the dumbest fucking people on the planet, bro. <laughs> yeah. I know because. I was one. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying is like, it, I, I am lucky to have grown up in a household that wasn't just like blatantly conservative exactly. politics fed to me as a young child. So I could, I grew up with some amount of critical thinking that I could uh, protect myself with. It was a sort of vaccine inoculation for me. Yeah. But all the other boys that never get that or perhaps grow up around blatantly uh, conservative parents, they're, I mean, I can't even imagine what? how it would be in high school right now. <laughs> Shit. And again, if if you just have tons and tons of young boys supporting your political movement, but nobody else, I mean, that's just it, a bad sign. Like, that's crazy. You're on both ends of the age spectrum. You get yeah. you have old men and young boys, and that, that's also, it. for our entire lives, conservatives, Republicans have been trying to sell themselves as like the counterculture <laughs> group. It has never worked. Got, because it's just a fucking lie. The nuclear family is so counterculture. Crust punk, <laughs> nuclear family. Yeah, <laughs> they're can, one in the same. That yeah, that's a good point. How can you be both traditional values and like a rebel and anti-establishment? <laughs> yeah. how, how can you conserve things you want to rebel against? Yeah, it it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Quite the conundrum. Uh, anyway, getting back into this review, fast forward to now, she's still catching up on all the older episodes that's and crazy. sharing her thoughts and as well as things she's learned with me. Recently, she's gotten my dad, an eighth grade science teacher. Oh, my God. Her family's been indoctrinated. Listening as well, my younger brother doesn't care much for politics and tends to stay away from those conversations, but that's still three out of four people indoctrinated <laughs> in my family. majority. So still props to y'all. I've been listening to you guys at work and in the car for about two years now. I just got to say thank you for making my political discussions more approachable for me. You guys are awesome, and both me and my Hitto household wish you nothing but the best. I mean, that's the goal. That's a big compliment. That, that's the goal of the podcast. We, is to we indoctrinated 75% of this guy's family. That's crazy. We're, yeah. we're really just gripping your mind. If you guys ever took a vote on things that align with our politics, it'd be over for we're your winning. younger brother. Yeah, <laughs> He's fucked. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hopefully your younger brother isn't that 30%. Exactly. New red scare <laughs> about to be started by us. <laughs> you got to watch out. And then we got one review from Instagram from Aiden that we've been ducking for like two weeks on accident. Look, Aiden, I'm sorry, okay? I I, I told you we'd read the view, review last week. Exactly. It's a really good review. You guys will it hear is, it in is. a moment. Sometimes I see them and, and I like, okay, let me screenshot and then I do other things and I forget that yeah. I screenshotted them and I, I read it. It's a process. You know how it is. I, I'm a forgetful guy. My brain is wholly occupied with like um, the woke mind virus at this point. Yeah, exactly. So I don't have much room for anything else. It's got you me. You understand. So let's get to the review. Title, Gas Fire Napalm. The final part. Hello once again, listener. It is official as of Tuesday, August 1st, 12, 13 p.m. I am now a hitto head. Now here's the thing, dear listener. Anyone can listen to the prettiest of political pretty boys as the as a Wednesday weenie. Hell, some of you give your tithe to the Patreon and listen to the Sunday sermon. Mm. But to become a hitto head is a feat many have tried and few have succeeded, but you can succeed. To become a hitto head, you must listen to the entire backlog of content these geniuses have compiled. I know the task is daunting, but I know you can do it, dear listener. If there's any podcast worth your time, it's this one. Good luck and thank you, Jeremy Engage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, anyone who listens say. to everything gets the hitto head achievement. Yeah. Because uh, that, that, that is quite the feat. Officially I mean, recognized in the church, in the congregation. Yeah. Uh, hundreds of hours of content for you. Uh -huh. uh, and if you can manage to get through I couldn't do that. And That's I've been crazy. here for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know I, I make every episode. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to listen to all that back. But if you're able to do it... Um, Congratulations. Fan behavior. Yeah, really. yeah you, you are in a, uh, a small select few. You're the cabal, really. <laughs> Getting into the news? Getting into the news. We got to talk about the GOP debates, as we alluded to before. Um, these are coming up very soon. 
August 23rd. We're very excited. So excited. I'm geeked, really. I can uh, count it out on my fingers now. And I guess you could consider this a sort of pre-pre-show, because of course we'll be live, yeah. and you can join us for the pr- actual pre-show. Really a the pre-pre-pre-show, because we have an episode that will go live mm-hmm. for all the Wednesday weenies on the Wednesday that the debate is. And we'll probably talk about it again. Of course. You know I mean, we gotta, we gotta get the <laughs> so content out there. I'm a slut for it. So in just one week's time, the GOP will be hosting their first primary debate for president. Of course, again, we're very excited for the mm-hmm. absolute shit show that this is going to be, and all the debates are going to be, but this is just the first one. Based on polling and donation requirements, we have a list of who is qualified for these debates. We okay. have eight candidates. Let's go. So who's qualified is Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, Doug Burgum, Tim Scott, Mike Pence, Chris Christie, and of course, Donald J. Trump, Naturally. the man himself. However, there's one final requirement oh. that we haven't really talked about on this show. And the final requirement is for candidates, uh, the final requirement for candidates to get on the debate stage is to sign a pledge called the Beat Biden Pledge. Okay. And what this is, is a promise that you as a candidate, if you don't end up winning, will still support whoever the Republican nominee is. It's a means of securing party solidarity. Yeah. Uh, And most people have signed this pledge by now. You had people like Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley posting their uh, signed pledges on Twitter to prove that they've done it. Uh-huh. Um, it's fact, about the movement. Yeah, Nikki Haley, um, hers, it says at the top, like, beat Biden. Okay. Like, it's just like the header for the, the document. But she crossed off Biden and said Kam- uh, Ka- Kamala Harris. Because I, I guess... <laughs> what I, a crazy straight. I, I guess that's an angle she's taking, is that it's actually not the Biden presidency, <laughs> it's the Harris presidency. Because uh, Kamala Harris does all... I don't know what the, the ideology That's here, so here is. That's so sick. It's like, I, I don't know how conservatives can stand on that leg, considering that almost like everything she does has been an optical fumble. Yeah. No, she sucks. <laughs> She's awful. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> now, again, most of the candidates have signed the B. Biden pledge, but there's one that hasn't. I bet you could guess. It's Donald Trump. Oh. Donald Trump has refused to sign the pledge so far. In an interview with Newsmax, Trump said this. He said, quote, why would I sign it? I can name three or four people that I wouldn't support for president. So right there, there's a problem. So sick. <laughs> he should have said I can name seven people I wouldn't support. Yeah. <laughs> he should have led, led all the way into it. Like, I only support me. And, you know, he's he's real for saying that. And it's you so cool because I mean? he could have he gone either way and it, mm-hmm. it would have been true to his authentic self. You know, he could have been like, yeah, I'll sign it because I'm going to win. Oh, exactly. <laughs> he could have done that. And that's exactly what he did in 2016. Yeah. They had a similar sort of pledge for um, beating whoever the Democrats put up because they just got eight years of Obama. Uh-huh. They wanted to win. Trump signed that. And he basically alluded to the idea that if I lose, I'm not going to support <laughs> it. Like. And that's the thing is he could have gone either way and and it would have been totally in character. It would have been so sick. I'd have yeah. supported him. Yeah. And of course, there's no enforcement mechanism here. There's no way of making him sign the pledge. And of course, if Fox News and RNC wants their ratings to go up, if they want to pull in the MAGA crowd, uh-huh. they're going to do whatever they can to get Trump Which on. They even want if it means, their ratings to go up. Even if it means Trump doesn't sign the pledge, they're going to let him come on. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And it's like. He could sign the pledge and also be, no, I'm not doing that shit. Exactly. Like, what, what are they going to do if he, if he, in the very rare case that somehow DeSantis wins or something yeah. like that? What if Trump just says, no, I'm not supporting him? Like, what are you going to do? Or in the case that Vivek takes all of Eminem's monthly listeners on Spotify and is able to clutch the nomination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trump's not going to just turn around and support him. Although Trump has said that he thinks Tim Scott and Vivek Ramswamy have been nice so far. Oh, okay, cool. That. Nice. Uh, but I guess the rest of them, he doesn't fuck with. Quite them. the endorsement, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, I guess he's he's not a meatball Ron head, as we suspected. Right now, of course, Trump is beating DeSantis by about 30% to 40% in GOP polls. Huge margin. Uh, again, like, if, if this B. Biden pledge is a real thing that they're going to try to impose, he has no incentive to support anybody but himself. Absolutely he's, not. He's far and away the front runner here. There's no, there's no reason yeah. for him to do it, especially because there's not really much of an incentive for he, him even to attend the debates. No. We've kind of been talking about this presupposing that Trump's going to go, but he still hasn't committed to even showing up. He said he's going to give an answer by the end of next uh, by the end of this upcoming week, but okay. uh, as of right now, he hasn't committed. I swear to God, if he gives an answer on Monday or Tuesday, I'm going to be so and pissed. Probably what's oh, happen. my God. Yeah. Uh, the, it could change by the time we get to that but news. But it's also, but. I don't know, I feel like, again, he's a slut for it. Like yeah. I feel like at the end of the day, he's not going to be able to overcome the fact that he wants to get in front of the camera because yeah. he was just at, he was doing a campaign event or something and he asked the crowd, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you think? Should I pull up? Should I go to a debate? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no. And then he said something like, oh, well, you know, maybe people are saying that you might get a soundbite, but should I go to the 
debate? And they go, yeah, you should. Yeah. The whole crowd yeah, cheered out, I, yes, go debate. I, I heard that clip too. And I think that show, I think Trump was like genuinely asking. Yeah. Because bro wants to know if he's going to be treated right by the crowd because that's all he cares he about. adored? Yeah, he's, he's a whore for it, as you said. <laughs> so I think he is legitimately considering it, but I, I think that he wouldn't really pay much of a price if he didn't go to this first one. No, I don't think so either. Like, like what are they going to do, right? Uh -huh. Because then everyone just turns on probably Ron DeSantis as the person who's in second place. And then he just gets torn to shreds and Trump doesn't really have to do anything to stay in first. Or it's also like Trump shows up and nobody watches. Yeah. Because they know they're going to vote for Trump anyway. Like people are going to watch the debate just to see the guy they're going to vote for. Yeah. Nobody is going to watch. Nobody except for the three people in the Lincoln Project are going to watch this debate and actually try and consider a different candidate than yeah. who they were going to vote for. Everyone who's going to watch if Trump shows up is already voting for Trump. And mm -hmm. everybody who's watching, the 10 people that are going to watch if he doesn't show up, are inconsequential. Yeah, basically none of them. Basically nobody watching a debate is still on the fence, right? Yeah. People that watch debates are motherfuckers like us, <laughs> right? Like political commentators who obviously have a stake in the game as voters in this country. But still, you know, we watch it for entertainment purposes or for covering it mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. The most important point for debates is to get sound bites out of them. So yeah. you can uh, clip them up into political ads and make DeSantis look bad or and, weird and or whatever. Like, Trump is so good at getting sound bites, even when he's being pressed, even when he is just 100% unequivocally in the wrong. Yeah. Just 100% wrong. Even when yeah. he goes out there and lies, he still gets a good sound bite out of it. <laughs> you remember during the Trump town hall when, oh God, well, he was asked some question and then just, uh, it was about the, the documents. The documents. She, she okay. asked him, she was like, um, so you took the documents. Documents and that wasn't okay, uh, and that was okay. But then Biden takes him, and it's not okay. And he was and like, "Oh well, yeah. I, I wasn't president." <laughs> yeah. Like he just gets to be a hypocrite, and, and he people can do love whatever it. he wants, and it's good, it's funny, <laughs> and that's low key sick. It is. Like, I wish yeah. that I could get out there and do that. Yeah, all he's got to do is, is go on stage, lie about something, and then just laugh, and he gets a sound clip, uh -huh. right? Because because the other person's gonna look insane because they all want to take him down. He's like he's borderline unpressable in a format like this, especially on a debate stage when the format is already just one hundred fucked 60 seconds to respond like mm -hmm. 15 seconds to yeah. give a rebuttal i don't know if that's how the rnc is going to do their primary but usually that's how things go yeah and like the general and stuff he he's he's good at it the only way you can press him is when you get him one-on-one -on -one in like an axios interview yeah and you're actively willing to press him like uh my, my, my man's did yeah i can't remember his name unfortunately but that was like the only time he was pressed mm -hmm. yeah and I'm, I'm glad to see that they're doing only one debate sometimes when you have a bunch of candidates they'll do like a, a top card debate and a lower card debate yeah. you know what i mean uh but there's only eight people so they can definitely fit these people on the stage yeah. uh and i would imagine it's like a 30 second answer 60 second answer then you know rebuttal if you get named mm -hmm. kind of situation so yeah the, the, i mean the format's already awful but it's perfect for clipping people absolutely it's great for getting people out of context and trump is always allowed to break the rules on oh, those yeah. like every single debate i've seen of him he always breaks the rules and it always works out yeah because him breaking the news gets him a good sound bite yeah. like I, I don't get it i don't know how he does it he can interrupt anybody at any moment <laughs> and just be like wrong that's wrong like, no no <laughs> no <laughs> I can't wait till you got any predictions uh, for the for the debate. Oh, I don't know. You think Trump will bust out Meatball Ron? I really want him to. I really want him to. I really want or like Little Ronda. I really mm -hmm. want him to just bust out like any any of those names. Little I'd D, be happy with Little D. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be good. We'll, we'll probably hear a Ronda Sanctus, but that one that one's Ronda not, never been that good. I, I really want Ronda Santos to like slip up and give us another. Uh, my mom eat my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that'd be so good. Oh, I feel man. like he is a general, like, <laughs> put, put together a GOP debate bingo card. Yeah. Just Ron DeSantis being uncharismatic. You got Trump yeah. calling him names. Maybe we should make a, a bingo card and see if we could win a bingo <laughs> off of the debate. Vivek Ramaswamy raps yeah. on the stage. <laughs> oh, fuck. That would be good. He does it again. It went I'm over guessing, well. I'm guessing we're going to hear the word woke at least 40 times. Oh, we should have a tally. I was going to say, we need a woke <laughs> we counter a in tally. the corner. <laughs> like a little easy button. Yeah, a woke counter. Because we're going to, we got uh, Vivek, who's wrote the book about like how America woke became woke. Inc., right? And then, yeah, and I, I don't mean that as like a uh, like a euphemism. He literally wrote a book about Yeah, like wokeness. that's how he sells it. It's titled and Woke Something. DeSantis, you could say, more metaphorically, wrote the book about wokeness <laughs> in a political sense, because that's all he fucking talks about. We're going to be hearing woke, 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 woke. That's all we're going to hear. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. It's like, oh, dude, I'm excited. I'm very excited. I'm getting more and more geeked as yeah. we talk about it. I want to hear Trump do some name calling if he shows up. Um, I want to see DeSantis get flustered because he doesn't know how to debate. Ooh, I, I want to see Trump throw some like uh, uh, 
remarks at Pence. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see Trump subtweet Pence up Ooh, there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And I want to see Trump talk over Pence. Yeah. I think that's definitely going to happen. Well, I mean, first of all, the fact that Mike Pence made it to the debate stage is a miracle. He Didn't he just barely make it? <laughs> yeah, like, in the just, 11th hour? Yeah. <laughs> like, the fact that he hit the requirements for donations is is incredible. Nothing short of a miracle no, needed to accomplish no, no, no. that. Especially because he didn't do the Doug Burgum of paying people to pay him. <laughs> uh, but th- he's going to get up there and just get trashed. Like, like there's no chance. Oh my god! I, he he's not charismatic. He can't no. really get up there and talk. He's like he's the most politician-y politician politician. Mm-hmm. You know what? Like politician conservative evangelical politician that there is. Yeah. Like that's the thing you think of. And they him. all hate him. Exactly. And he sucks. He can't get up there and speak very well. Yeah. Not just the candidates, but like the the base hates Mike Pence. Oh yeah. Because he didn't overturn the election. And that's why Trump should show up. Yeah. <laughs> so they can shit on him. I I gotta wonder what kind of questions they're gonna ask. We're gonna get like inflation because it's Fox News. It's gonna be catered yep. towards Republican politics and viewpoints. But I wonder if we're gonna get like was the election stolen questions? Probably not. Oh. But it, I mean, like they gotta answer with the dude right next to him. Uh-huh. I mean, because Trump's gonna say it was a perfect uh, or it wasn't a perfect election. It was stolen. They they did voter fraud blah 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 whatever mail-in ballots yeah. dead people voting he's gonna do all of that <laughs> but what are they gonna say chris christie's gonna be like no it was, it was fine Joe and then Biden he's won. gonna get shit on he's immediately out of the race yeah as soon as he admits <laughs> yeah. that like and then what what is ron DeSantis gonna double down on when he said yeah yeah you know maybe like things didn't go our way but some things were sus but some things weren't it was a it was a situation but now yeah. we're dealing with it ron DeSantis on the debate stage is gonna say something like uh well hugo chavez wasn't controlling the votes yeah. in the dnc but you know maybe there was some voter fraud with the absentee ballots even though florida has like what 80 percent absentee ballot <laughs> voting or something like that because nobody everyone's voting absentee. it's the old people capital of the country yeah. like oh man i'm very excited for these debates oh man we're gonna get a soundbite out of ron mm-hmm. like either way trump doesn't show up we get a soundbite out of ron that's gonna be good yep yeah, that's gonna be really maybe. <laughs> yeah. And I think the uh, the next debate after this is like September twenty seventh or something like that. Why so it's far like a, away. It's like a month away. Um, but I think we're we're probably gonna get more than two. But it's also like what Trump doesn't show up, and that kind of just takes the wind out of everybody else's sails because mm-hmm. then nobody watches that debate. Right. Then he can show up for the se- second one, bring it back. He's the star oh, yeah. again. You lose at least like what ten million views by 100%. Trump not being yeah. there. You know what you I mean? Lose like, all the views by yeah. Trump not being and, there. And all of those are like potential voters. Uh-huh. You know, none of those are like political commentators you got a you got a, a solid like one million two million people that are watching purely because yeah. they need to cover it on their own shows like who knows this is so so chaotic yeah i'm here for it i'm really looking forward to it if you're looking forward to it come you hang out with us do. when come we cover by. the debate easy come peasy. talk to us in the chat L- little foreplay before the main event you exactly. know exactly uh before we move on in some more election news we gotta talk about ohio yes we do you all may remember two weeks ago or so we covered a ballot measure going up in ohio that was very important and now we have results in, and it's actually good news for once. Good news. Uh, I get maybe not for once. Good news. Um, maybe good news is a trend with special elections for us. Actually, I think good news is a trend generally with special elections. I think we talked about that a little bit on the last episode. But good news is specifically a trend when it comes to special elections and really any ballot with abortion on it. Exactly. Because exactly. that's what this is implicitly about. Yeah. yeah. So let's do a let's do a quick recap. In case people forgot, yeah. or maybe they're tuning in for the first time. Oh you know, my maybe they're a new listener. Kick your shoes off. Make yourself at home. Exactly. Uh, but in case you all forgot, let's do a quick recap. So last Tuesday, Ohio voters voted on issue one, a ballot measure to increase the percentage of votes needed to enact a ballot proposal statewide from 50 percent to 60 percent. So what this would have basically done is when you go to vote on ballot mm-hmm. measures that are on your ballot in Ohio, you need 60 percent of voters to vote for it instead yeah. of 50. It would have just made it harder for them to pass. And this ballot measure also generally made it more difficult for ballot measures to get on the ballot to begin with. It was obviously an Mm anti-democratic measure, but not only that, it was also pretty obviously an anti-abortion measure as it was meant to sabotage the passage of an abortion referendum that's going to be on the Ohio ballot in November of this year. And we just got results in. Oh, really good news. Issue one was defeated 57% to 43%. A commanding majority. Which is a a pretty resounding rejection from Ohio voters. It's really good to see. Uh, And to me, this means that no matter when the election is, where the election is, no matter how far abstracted it is from the core issue of abortion, Mm -hmm. it seems like a majority of voters in any state simply will not vote 
against abortion rights. It just isn't going to happen. Especially in a place that elected J.D. Vance. In a hellless place. In, in a hellscape <laughs> like Ohio. Yeah. In a, in a godless state like Ohio. God. They will like, even vote one, against One this of measure. the reddest of red, like flyover state, like yeah. all this, just in, in rural Ohio, mm-hmm. Midwest Ohio. Yeah. 57% of voters, or if, yeah, 57% of voters came out and rejected this. 50, uh, and it's like they not only rejected the ballot measure, but they were able to connect this to abortion. Yeah. Like pretty quickly. And they were able to overcome like the the politicky words behind it, like yeah. the, the little word tricks that they're throwing in there. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is like this was already abstracted from the concept of abortion rights. Yeah. And we've seen a similar thing happen in other states with confusing wording or or how ballot measures, you know, didn't really make sense. Or, it was mostly just like. I'm thinking specifically of the example Kansas? from Kansas when yeah. people when there was a lot of confusing wording. So it was already abstracted from abortion in that way, but it also didn't even say abortion on the ballot. It didn't uh-huh. say re- reproductive rights on the ballot, and people still turned out to yeah. vote it down. We we just have continuously proved over the last what year year and a half ever since the the Dobbs decision mm-hmm. that any it, voters will be able to overcome complicated wording, mm-hmm. backwards wording, wording that's intentionally trying to trick you, and voters were able to overcome abstraction from the actual issue itself to help be pro-abortion yeah exactly exactly and so you got to think about this right it's an august election it's uh-huh. already not november august is not when most already people, low turnout yeah august is not when people are thinking that they're going to go to the polls yeah. and vote on something this wasn't a it, the only thing on the ballot was this ballot measure mm-hmm. there was no governor's race there's no senate primary there was nothing but this one ballot measure and despite that 1.7 million people turned out to reject the proposal which is an insane number yeah. in total it was some 3 million um ohio voters that turned out compared to the 700,000 that turned out to vote in a uh, the August 2022 primary, which was just last year. Crazy. So, I mean, more than tripled the numbers that turned out for a primary that had state senators on Holy the ballot. Shit. And that was a highly publicized primary. Like, yeah. J.D. Vance was well, that, all that, over the news. That one happened in May. Oh, true, true, State true. senators was uh, was their August election last year. Yes, yes. Uh, but they they still, so many more people turned out for this election because they, they knew what it was about. They knew what this ballot measure was all about. And I haven't seen explicit data on this, but I'm going to guess that young people, Gen Z millennials probably had a, a big role in playing a, mm-hmm. a big role to play in ensuring that this ballot measure failed. And as well, cause it just, it makes me think it like looking forward into the general election that we have coming up, abortion is implicitly on the ballot. here. Oh yeah. The, like and anything post Dobbs abortion is on the ballot mm-hmm. when it comes to whoever we have in power. And it yeah. gives me a little bit of hope that whoever the Republican nominee is and wing, wing, nudge, nudge that they're going to lose. Well, especially because not a single Republican has so far, or not a single Republican that has any sort of chance, yeah. <laughs> has ruled out a national abortion ban. They can't do it. No. They, they just won't say, like, yeah, I will veto that. They keep dancing around the question. They won't even land on a spot where they think abortion access should be cut off. So, yeah, abortion's absolutely on the ballot when it comes to candidates, and it's certainly on the ballot when the Secretary of State uh, the Secretary of State in your home state is obviously saying that, yeah, this uh, upcoming ballot measure is blatantly to protect abortion from yeah. ever getting into our Constitution. <laughs> Like, and they said that. Good shit. Yeah, yeah. And on top of all of that, Ohio also had a new voter ID law that was already confusing a lot of people. This, okay. I think, was the first time that it was applied. Uh, and on top of that, of course, was the confusing nature of the uh, the ballot measure. But despite all of that, it uh, it failed overwhelmingly. Shout out, Ohio. Exactly. Maybe Ohio is turning around a little bit. First Ohio W of all time. <laughs> exactly. Basically, basically. And I guess, you know. If we're to move over to another state, another state mm-hmm. that is actively awful and continues to be awful in every sense of the word, really, we've got buzzsaws at the border. And now, specifically, I'm talking about last month when yeah. Texas Governor Greg Abbott himself, demon in human skin, mm-hmm. you know it, smoking that absolute malicious pack, mm-hmm. um, just borderline evil in almost every <laughs> yeah. sense of the word, yep, yep. Uh, decided to place about 1,000 feet of buoys with buzzsaws attached to them on the U.S.-Mexico border on the Rio Grande River, as well as multiple layers of razor wire on the river's bank. All all to deter illegal immigration by threat of maiming individuals yeah. who attempt to cross. That's an insane thing to do. Absolutely nuts. And what's almost more nuts is that this is sadly what's expected from him after, mm-hmm. what was it, last November when he invoked the invasion clause yeah. of the Texas Constitution to get yep. gunboats on the river. I was just about to just, say you brought the gunboats yeah, out. To yeah. stop abuelas from coming over. Yeah. I, I, 
I don't understand. And what I really want to focus on with this is the buzz saws because it's so it, it it's such a crazy little bit of this story because mm-hmm. there are already these big orange round four foot wide balls with buzz saws in the middle of each one. Mm-hmm. The buzz the the buoys themselves rotate, so you can't climb over them. The buzz saws are there simply to just harm you, be scary yeah. and potentially harm you. And what gets even worse in my mind about this is that like a buzz saw in of itself isn't really going to do much. What makes a buzzsaw like actually like cut wood and whatever it's cutting is the fact that it's spinning at like yeah. a high velocity. These ones don't spin. Yeah. So it makes me think that these are really just there for the aesthetics of the cruelty behind it. Obviously, they're going to be able to do some damage if you try to get over yeah. it. But the razor wire on the riverbank is much worse. The razor wire on the riverbank has been connected to immigrants showing up bloodied in yeah. like after crossing. Yeah. Like immigrants' children showing up covered in blood from the razor wire. Razor wire on riverbanks is much worse than the buzz saws. But it's the aesthetics of the buzz laws that make this so appalling yeah and it's because it's a part of this unique brand of conservative politics that we've been seeing where the cruelty of it all is the point Mm -hmm. that's it these buzz saws exist to be aesthetically brutal and terrifying yeah and and conservatives like greg abbott will package it with the uh the fear of like fentanyl overdoses yeah to justify an insanely inhumane act like this but it's all in the context of the fact that fentanyl being trafficked in the, into the United States, while it might be a problem, happens at regular ports of entry. Yeah. It's not usually through illegal border crossings. And in fact, the vast majority of border crossings that are happening at a place like the the river that you mentioned, it's like families, people, yeah. people with children that I, are that are trying to cross into the country I, because their home has been ravaged remember, by political violence, gang violence, or whatever else. Yeah, I remember explicitly seeing, like, Fox News coverage of, like, b- illegal crossings happening at the border, and they're taking video from the Rio Grande, and it's like abuelas walking over yeah. with their children on their back. Yeah. And now they gotta climb over these fucking four-foot-long buoys with buzz saws on them to try mm-hmm. and get through, and then fucking climb through a riverbank full of razor wire, like they're storming the beach of Normandy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going going on yeah no it's not a normal country whatsoever no no it's not and it's like thankfully the justice department is suing texas i was was just about to ask if biden could do anything but it's kind of interesting the grounds that they're suing on and i i understand it but i think it's important to point out they're not suing on the fact that this is a a blatant human rights violation Mm -hmm. they're suing on the fact that they didn't get the permit Oh, which is so sick and such a funny function of like a liberal democracy where that not getting a port permit you can do from the army <laughs> corps of engineers is the only thing you can do when they're threatening to maim immigrants who are fleeing mm-hmm. violence in their home country. Yeah, there's like no mechanism. What's for ensuring, going on? There's no mechanism for helping the most vulnerable people on the planet. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no mechanism to reprimand someone who holds a unique position of power within mm-hmm. the government from just hurting people and being yeah. intentionally cruel to to somehow bolster their own politics and their numbers when it comes to elections. No, it's the fact that you didn't get a permit from the army. And with this buzzsaw story, I've been seeing the conservative argument, which usually exists around like the build the wall discourse, which is where, you know, they show a fence like protecting a house or the white house, for Uh example. And they say, Oh, well you want fences and walls and obstacles here, but you don't want them at the border. And this argument is obviously already stupid because protecting a country is not the same as protecting a private residence. Uh But to me, this does betray the fact that they are blatantly just saying that these immigrants do not belong in the same way that an intruder breaking into your house does not belong on your private residence. What they're saying fundamentally is we just don't want brown people coming in. They do not belong here just as some criminal trying to rob you doesn't belong in your home. It's fucking insane. It's it's xenophobic. It's racist. It's awful. Uh And it's also nuts because estimates say that this 1,000 foot line of buzzsaw buoys cost $1 million to put up. Jesus Christ. We're just (laughs) wasting public money. That's what I'm saying. This on top of i think what like the billion or the millions of dollars that greg abbott has been spending to bust these yeah. migrants into other yep. countries that aren't border states that didn't sign up to deal with these things like a border state has to as you know a function of the government of being a border state i think uh didn't eric we covered a story like months ago of arizona doing a similar thing with shipping containers that cost like millions and millions of dollars yeah, arizona put up a bunch of shipping containers and i think they had to take them down which also cost something millions wrong. of dollars yeah which they they spent a bunch of money to put it up then they had to spend a bunch of money to take them down because it was illegal Mm -hmm. which it's like now they just what flushed a million dollars down the drain because they're most likely going to get sued they didn't get the permit you know all the while you're still more likely to be assaulted or attacked by someone who was born in the united states you're still more likely to find someone overdosed on drugs that are brought in through a regular port of entry or through canada it's not or through canada like it's not immigrants that are doing this to you Uh it is people you 
usually doing it through legal means. Yeah. Uh, or I guess it's, it ends up being illegal, but it's people that uh, you don't really think are a threat, that they don't brand as a threat that are doing this to you. It's, it's not immigrants. So Never absurd. Has been. So yeah. just fundamentally mm-hmm. absurd. And I would also like to point out that Greg Abbott, a couple months ago, when all the busing drama was going on, mm-hmm. he, he explicitly slowed down border crossings to try to like ramp up inspections to stop anything. He didn't stop shit, and it cost the economy billions of yeah. dollars and so much longer to get across the border. Mm-hmm. Billions of dollars he cost the economy just to accomplish nothing, just yeah. to aesthetically be brutal to immigrants. Yeah, we got goods coming through the southern border, people. Uh-huh. Like, we, we, got, we got product that needs got, to move. We got food coming. Yeah, we got stuff that's got to move if we want the economy I to I thought keep money talked. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's crazy. Like I mean, obviously, we've talked about before how a insanely brutal immigration policy has been core to both Democrats and Republican governance yeah. for decades now. Yeah. It wasn't always this way, but I mean, we've never really been that good to immigrants. But it is crazy to see Republicans just go borderline genocidal uh-huh. with, with how they treat immigrants now. Like Bi- Biden and the Democrats are not too much better, right? Kids in cages yeah. just become overflow facilities or whatever. <laughs> but what Republicans do is exceptional. It is yeah. it is uniquely evil what they do to to immigrants. Again, some of the most vulnerable people on the planet that we refuse to help because we brand them as different. People who are fleeing places that are that are violent because of things that we have done in the past. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna meet them with buzz saws at the border. Yep. It's yeah. it's despicable, really. Yeah. And of course, this is all in the context of the the decades of violence that we've put these countries through, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Haiti, the list goes on and on. Uh, the amount of meddling we've done, the yeah. amount of violence and destruction that we've caused, of course, uh, precipitates up to now in history. And these people are still facing the consequences of our foreign policy mm-hmm. in their own countries. And of course, that, that motivates them to move to somewhere like the United States, which is a, a country that's been sold as one of freedom, one where they could build a better life, one where they just go and then they meet buzzsaws. Yeah. So buzzsaws and yeah. razor riverbanks. It is a, it is a detestable thing that this country has done. That can, this country continues to do uh-huh. on the backs should. of politicians like Greg Abbott. Speaking of detestable things, mm. we got some detestable people we need to talk about in this upcoming Beyond Parody. Ooh. Golly, you know we're back at it again, talking about Steven Crowder. We're a drama podcast. That was a great transition. We're a drama podcast. <laughs> we are a drama channel. Uh, we got a story about Steven Crowder here. You know, we've covered our boy Steven before. Yes, uh, we have. One of the most despicable people in politics. <laughs> Just absolutely horrible human being. And, you know, if you were if you were coming into the section thinking, maybe my mind will be changed about Steven, think again. No, 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 you, no. You're no, going to no. hold a worse opinion <laughs> of him after this one. But uh, to, to get into this, I just want to read the headline. Okay. That I found to start off. It says, quote, Steven Crowder sends insane NDAs demanding $100,000 after toxic behavior leaked. Now, for context, over the last few months, Steven Crowder has been in increasingly hot water, uh-huh. of course. First, we had the uh, the video come out about him being abusive to his wife. We had evidence coming through about him constantly harassing workers with pictures of his penis. Yes. Uh, unsolicited dick pics. And uh, sometimes just taking it out during the workday. Whipping it out. out. Gotta yeah. let the puppies breathe, you know? Uh, so... That's all been very bad. But, of course, we've got more bad news for Stephen. It seems like the media storm just kept coming after him. He couldn't get away from uh, the dick-on-table allegations. Golly. So he wanted to – don't get mad at me. He wanted to okay, plug okay. some holes <laughs> using some expa- insanely expensive NDAs and perhaps unenforceable NDAs to keep his workers quiet. Now, these NDAs came out a couple of weeks ago. He's basically trying to keep them hush-hush. Well, yeah. No more comments coming out. Because, like, okay, the, the NDA, it's like obviously – like you can't tell them that. I've been whipping my dick out at work. But I don't think that you can make someone sign an NDA for something that's already illegal. Yeah. Like sexual harassment, workplace harassment, that's illegal. You Sexual harassment, that's illegal. Also like $100,000? Yeah. I don't think somebody w- that has positions like Steven Crowder has in his company could ever get away with charging someone $100,000 in fines. Oh, no, absolutely that's not. That's a ridiculous but amount I mean, of money. But I mean, it's also like I can't go kill someone and make the witness sign an NDA. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not how any of that works. Yeah, so uh, these NDAs, they came out a couple of weeks ago. It's purely an intimidation tactic, but uh, from the article 
said, quote, staffers who breached the company's confidentiality would be liable to the company for liquidated damages in the amount of one hundred thousand dollars. Again, I don't think he'll be able to impose this by Man, any means. Yeah, but that's it's just crazy. for like trade secrets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not sack tap. It's an it's an intimidation tactic. Uh, someone close to the company reportedly said this, quote, Stevens increasing justification of his workplace sexual behavior between God. men makes a lot of male employees uncomfortable. <laughs> he says it's joking, but it doesn't seem like a joke to anyone anymore. Nah, I can't. The between men emphasis is like crazy coming yeah. from a Steven Crowder employee because you know that's like a homophobic roots. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's definitely like a homophobic. I mean, like it's the Steven Crowder workplace. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So obviously it's going to be homophobic, but it is crazy that like the, the traditional family values guy yeah. is the one doing all of this. <laughs> like that's fucking insane to me. Uh, but I got a, I got another quote. Uh, oh no i got another quote from the nda meeting and i'm not making this up okay steven crowder at this meeting reportedly said quote if you're not okay with guys playing sack tap then this isn't the place for you bro it's work like this <laughs> if you don't let me sexually harass you you can't work like, here. This that's is what a he said workplace but you're hiring from like the public this yeah. isn't just like boys night yeah. You know what I mean? This isn't just your friends getting together on Saturday for like a couple beers every week. You're an employer. This is your job. <laughs> yeah. You're giving these people health insurance. Yeah. Like they, their health, they're going to the doctor is reliant on you employing them. Mm -hmm. You can't just be saying shit like that. Yeah. I think yeah. you legally can't be saying shit like that. And if you're still on the fence about Mr. Crowder, uh, if you need more evidence, it is worthy to note that he just hired this guy named Michael Spadone, who used to work at Project Veritas, yeah. another organization rife with sexual uh, harassment allegations oh my god a, a group that has never been free of sexual harassment allegations now of course this is this is really bad for steven crowder um he's been relegated to posting on rumble and his numbers aren't doing as well as they were oh, on youtube no. uh and of course obviously nobody should be subjected to harassment in yeah, any no. kind at the workplace like nobody i don't i don't wish that upon no anybody matter who you are especially at the hands of steven crowder <laughs> but on the other hand <laughs> These people do work at the demon factory. You know, they work yeah. in the kill trans people department. <laughs> I, I feel like, what did they expect? You thought the, the, the leader of this business was just going to be a normal guy. Yeah. You chose to work there again. They don't deserve, nobody deserves well, it's, harassment it's, like this, but come on that. Now. And it's like, even in more serious terms, you can see how he spoke about like the me too movement. Mm -hmm. You can see how he spoke about women who came forward and talked about how they were sexually assaulted. You can see how he speaks about men who say mm -hmm. they were sexual assaulted. You can see how he speaks about the topic and you can kind of infer. Yeah, it's like that he's not going to be the best guy. There's there's so many examples of like some, you know, media celebrity or e like even somebody on the left being like super yeah. creepy and harassing people, going way too far with sexual acts. Like totally that is a huge problem. But when it comes to Steven Crowder and other conservatives, I feel like you know what you're getting. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I I would not want to be around that guy he's, myself. He's like not quiet about it either. Yeah. He's not quiet about it. No. I guess I just, I, I don't know what they uh, expected out of him. I wouldn't have expected him to just be like a normal boss. No, absolutely not. Like, uh, I know he sells himself again as like the traditional family values guy, but like, come on, you could see, like, if you're a part of the conservative circle, you know that it's all a grift. Yeah. What did you think he was going to be like? Man, bro, bro should have taken that Daily Wire deal. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like as soon as he denied that $50 million Daily Wire deal, his life fell apart. Yeah. Everything. He's divorce, the, the like, allegations, like, come on. But yeah, it did really start with the daily wire stuff and you gotta wonder if uh somebody at the daily wire when he came out with his like expose video was like you know what fuck it i have all this dirt on this guy uh -huh. i'm letting it fly yeah, you think it's you think it's daily wire leaking all yeah. this you, you think daily wire has like a, a cabinet full of just dirt on different media personalities like if ben shapiro ever parts ways and is like i'm done with the right you think they'll just drop all the dirt on ben shapiro God, that'd be so cool that'd be pretty key that'd be sick you, you gotta actually. wonder if they got like hit files on people God damn, God yeah. damn. God, I gotta love the Daily Wire. Yeah, Steven Crowder has fell to the woke mob. And I mean, shit. In keeping with Stevens, mm. I think we gotta talk about another prominent Steven, but this one is prominent in actual politics. It's true. Steven Crowder, online media conservative. Evil. However, Steven Miller, on the other hand, ex-Trump appointee. Mm, policy guy. Who also has his own legal group, the America First Legal Foundation, and that legal group is filing a formal complaint against Kellogg for gay serial and hiring women. Mm, so... <laughs> <laughs> 
Stephen Miller. <laughs> Wait, okay, say it again. <laughs> Stephen Miller, his legal group, the America First Legal Foundation or legal something, legal group, is filing a public complaint with mm-hmm. like the employment office about gay serial and hiring women. Uh, many such cases. Many, many <laughs> such cases. So, I mean, let's get into it. Let's get into the details. Okay. So, the America First Legal Foundation is saying that Kellogg, a publicly traded company, quote, engages in unlawful employment practices by seeking to balance its workforce based on race, color, national origin, and sex. <laughs> it's literally just the don't hire black people, don't hire women Basically, lawsuit. That's all this basically. is. Basically. They also said, quote, instead of equality of opportunity, which Kellogg defines as giving each person the same things, Kellogg's employment practices are are unlawfully based on equity, which is a euphemism for illegal discrimination. Mm. It's not. Yeah, that's definitely, it, when it I think really of equity, isn't. I think of discrimination. Exactly. Not not combating discrimination. God, and it's, it's crazy, because specifically what Miller's group is complaining about is Kellogg having a goal of a 50-50 split of men and women in managerial roles in global operations by 2025, and the leadership development program that Kellogg provides only to women, mm-hmm. which I think, personally, is a really funny thing to complain about because nobody likes leadership development programs. Mm -hmm. They only exist for the people who go to them to post on LinkedIn. Yeah. That's it. They're really just one big circle jerk. And it's not like they even help you in your careers. I feel like the guy who skips the leadership development program to then go and golf with the boss is the one who actually gets the promotion. But that's just me. Right. And it's like, you got to keep in mind that a lot of these diversity, like some companies do them, most companies do them very poorly, like their their diversity initiatives to get more women in positions of power. But you got to keep in mind that these like DEI type programs exist to combat and attempt to manage former oppression and discrimination that took place. Right. So you got to kind of overcorrect for it when you're trying to do that. And you got Stephen Miller conservatives broadly coming in and saying actually no women should be denied positions of power because they're not good enough for them actually no they should be denied access Mm -hmm. to these programs that nobody likes and only get you access to a drawing for a $20 Starbucks gift card at the end of the quarter I mean there's a broader Marxist critique of course that there shouldn't be a managerial class Uh of course like there shouldn't be a group of managers that just preside over you and subjugate you every day but that's not the position he's taking oh absolutely not he's taking the position that I don't want women to be in positions of power no 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 no. and it's like in Keeping with that, everybody knows, like, everybody knows and accepts as a near truth the phrase, it's not what you know, it's who you know, especially in business, right? But then... All of a sudden, when these initiatives get brought up, people like to hide behind this thin veneer of corporate meritocracy Mm -hmm. and say, oh, no, 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 our promotions are based on merit. But in reality, they only do that to protect their boys club. Yeah. Well, and you got to ask, how is merit established, right? A lot of these skills are passed down. And if the ideology of management has been a patriarchal one so far, Mm -hmm. where they think that, yeah, we're only going to allow men to get into these positions, then women haven't had a chance to accrue any of the skills necessary to make themselves meritorious in that regard. Like, so how are they ever supposed to get the skills if it's not a, a concerted purposeful attempt to ensure that things are balanced out a little bit more also half the population is women yeah 50 50 is like bare minimum half the population is women and a little over 10 percent of fortune 500 ceos are women like how are you going to say equity is the anti-equality illegal discrimination thing when mm -hmm. they just want equality no that's all (laughs) it is 50 50 (laughs) we just want things to be representative of the general population because that's how ideally things should naturally Mm -hmm. things would work you would think it would be wholly un it is what we have now is wholly unnatural having 90 percent of fortune 500 ceos be men having over like 60 percent of managerial class employees be men Mm -hmm. having these wholly unrepresentative groups of people like it's it's not how things would work out so we have to make a concerted effort to make sure that they can work out and kellogg's not even doing a great job at that yeah (laughs) and like there's an argument to be made of course that the the pure uh pure equality of representation doesn't necessarily guarantee good outcomes of course like that's Mm -hmm. an argument you can make but if you don't have a quality of representation then it indicates something is wrong right we don't have a fully democratic system or even a meritocratic system it indicates something else is going on here and when you investigate further it's just like yeah women didn't get to have credit cards until the 1970s exactly they they were constantly denied opportunities so let's work to correct that a little bit let's work to make things look more like how they actually would like the three iq take that's all you need to comprehend that exactly and it's like it's so it's so wild how conservatives can get away with trying to protect their c-suite bromances by gaslighting the general population into thinking that the very men that hold the majority of power positions are the ones that are being discriminated against yeah
what are we doing? Yeah. What are we nobody's doing? hurting you, Doug. Exactly. It's not discrimination to say that, hey, you know, maybe we we should make true what corporate meritocracy is and actually hire some women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I can guarantee you these men in these positions are not all of them are exactly qualified. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, this is the classic conservative uh, position to take is like, oh, well, you're trying to make things equal and in doing so, you're discriminating against good, strong white men. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, whatever, dog. It's like, Shut okay, up. sure, yeah. sure. But I mean, I guess there, there was a, there was another bit to that little little intro that I had brought mm-hmm. in there that's uh, kind of juicy too and so let's get into it they also complained this legal group in a second letter to Kellogg's CEO about certain cereal boxes that featured rainbow shaped heart cereal mm-hmm. a cereal mascot holding a rainbow flag a Cheez-It box with RuPaul on it and oh. my personal favorite they also complained about Tony the Tiger appearing with Dylan Mulvaney at the Tony Awards oh no <laughs> they snuck the Dylan Mulvaney in there they snuck the Dylan we Mulvaney got Mulvaney. always, bro. Oh my goodness! Oh, they—they they just can't get away from her. No, they, they can't they get her out of their heads. It's ridiculous, right? And so, the American First Legal Group is trying to take this and what they're functionally and and say, "quote Kellogg is yet another big corporation that will break the law and hurt its shareholders' interests to serve the twisted woke ideology of its officers and directors, like Disney, Budweiser, and Tar- Bill Mulvaney again, oh, of course, and Target." Kellogg's management has shown nothing but contempt and disdain for American families and American workers. America First Legal will keep fighting for big corporate accountability. That's some strong-ass language for characters that aren't real and That's therefore don't saying. have a sexuality. That's some strong-ass raisin fucking language for some kooky cereal mascots <laughs> yeah. for a rainbow cereal, which Lucky Charms has had a rainbow marshmallow for as long as I've been alive and no one's complained about that mm-hmm. now. But they can't even look at a rainbow now without thinking gay thoughts. So yeah. it's like, am I the problem or are you? You know, the thing I also love about this is uh, conservatives will nonstop complain about like, you know, the pride flag or gay people being put on cereal boxes yeah. or, or Bud Light or whatever it may be. But the reason these companies are supposedly hurting their shareholders is because these same conservatives are causing outrage and boycotts. Exactly. They wouldn't be losing money if you just shut the fuck up and bought your favorite cereal. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's exactly it's, it. It's the same thing with DeSantis, how he was saying that like Bud Light violated their responsibility to return profits to their shareholders. Yeah. Dog, it's your fault. And it's, You did it. It's such like this, this weird new conservative strategy where they're trying to take the momentum, if you can even really call it that, from the Bud Light situation where mm-hmm. they're stock price tanked after the boycott and they're trying to take that and make i don't know queerness in general toxic for brands mm-hmm. so they're trying they want to take that take attach a concrete example to it and then put forth a legal argument where you can say that no 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 this isn't a marketing decision by these companies to appeal to a new demographic this is malicious by these marketers to try to instill this uh, agenda that clearly is harmful and doesn't mesh with people and that's costing shareholders and directors money is it, and is that's it though, why like, it's illegal. The only company I've actually seen be hurt by this was Bud Light. Yeah. Target didn't sustain any like long-term mm-hmm. profit damage because like, let's be real, the gays are shopping at Target. Oh, you know always, what I mean? Always. Like, it, like the only company I've seen be hurt by this is Bud Light and that's because they occupied an already fairly conservative niche within the market. That, that's you know what, what I, mean? I was going to get to. Bud Light worked because beer is a part of the aesthetic of conservatism. Exactly. They can't point to colorful, kooky cereal boxes and <laughs> they especially can't point to the Oscars for theater and say that shit's gay. Like, yeah. They know. <laughs> or, or the the wine story that we covered yeah. a while ago where there's what, like a pride flag on a wine <laughs> bottle? Like, Doug, the, the demographic <laughs> they're going for is not one that's going to boycott the product. All I'm saying this. is if a family, a whole family is getting together and watching the Tonys, I think they were already well in support of gay rights. Yeah. I don't think that's an audience you're going yeah. to win, Steven. This also glosses over that Within this whole conservative tirade against like there being gay characters on cereal boxes is this idea that like these characters are going to make a kid gay. (laughs) I just eat the cereal dog. I I don't, I mean, some kids might like the art on the box, but it's not going to make them gay. But it's also like kids like colors. Mm -hmm. Kids, Kids just like rainbows. Also like before before cereal boxes, Pop-Tarts, et cetera, had like all the quote unquote gay imagery. Were those boxes making kids straight because they lacked like a pride flag? I don't understand the argument. But even even like with that, it's also like before this conservatives started latching on to like all this like, oh, you put a pride flag on there. That's going to turn my kids gay shit. 
all these brands, <laughs> especially these like snack food, cereal, sugary food brands, would put rainbows on things anyway. Exactly, because kids like rainbows. Yeah, yeah, and, and notably, of course, like commercials and and various different products have had gay people in them yeah. before. There's been trans people in commercials before, of course. Like, obviously, and right? And it's like putting RuPaul on a Cheez-Its box, okay? Yeah. Nobody's going to look at... Who's going to look at that and be like, oh, shit, dude, I kind of want to dress up now. They put Travis Scott on a Reese's Puff box, and nobody gave a fuck when eight people died at his concert all those <laughs> years ago. Nobody was like, never give him a brand deal ever again. It's 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 insane. I don't get it. Yeah. And it's like, they're, it seems like they're overreaching way, way too hard, and they just don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that this lawsuit from Stephen Miller will have any real political it's implications, not. but it's all just a part of the uh, the conservative conquest to to genocide the LGBTQ, yeah. right? Like, you, they will do it through legal means or cultural means or social means. Like, it doesn't matter. They'll weaponize whatever form of power they can get their mm -hmm. hands on. And if he can win a lawsuit like this and it forces companies to never put pride stuff up on boxes ever again, then that's a win for him. Not because he wants to ensure that shareholders are getting profit. It, but because he just doesn't want to see gay people in society. It's like even if I feel like even if this complaint gets taken up, yeah. like and actually goes to a trial, goes to become a formal lawsuit, that's like a failure yeah. on the legal side because oh, this is so this is so out of out, out of the blue, out of the ordinary, just mm -hmm. an immense reach. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I I don't get it, and it feels like they're they're over leveraging whatever again momentum they had from bud light into just being blatantly just anti anything that's queer yeah yeah and i don't think that's gonna I mean, work this also like it reveals another flaw in our quote-unquote free market system why is it that if a company takes a risk on a new marketing tactic and they lose money and it happens to contain lgbtq yeah. people or lgbtq imagery that that is somehow grounds for a lawsuit now why wouldn't they along with the dictates of the free market just eat the losses and move on uh -huh. like isn't our system supposed to be built on you make decisions you may win you may lose but then you move on and try again yeah like isn't that what capitalism is supposed to be but no under Stephen miller's ideology it's you can try things but if they have gay people in them then you're <laughs> going to get sued and lose even more money then you're because fucked. of the conservative outrage that i helped manufacture so silly it's so ridiculous it's so silly i i I don't understand what leg that they think they have to stand on. And I really don't think that this type of rhetoric is popular. Absolutely not. Because, like, who, who's with that? Who, what, what like, regular suburban mom goes and, like, looks at the cereal aisle to get their kids some breakfast in the morning and sees, like, oh, that's the gay one. I can't. Yeah. I can't. No, 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 yeah, no. I, well, of course that doesn't happen. And I think that's why they're going to try to do these things through legal routes, yeah. uh, through litigation rather than, like, um, public support. Because, of course, like, the boycott boycotts generally don't work anyways. Uh -huh. But when it comes to like boycotting LGBTQ people or products with LGBTQ <laughs> people on them, that's doubly not going to work because nobody fucking cares. Uh -huh. uh, so they're going to try to do this through legal methods because that's the only way it can really be successful. I know it's a tired comparison, but uh, one of the main ways that uh, Hitler and the Nazis got control of Germany was through the courts. It wasn't yeah. through direct appeals to the public, to the sensibilities of, of every citizen. It was through taking control of courts and having them uh, rule to their benefit. Conservatives taking a page out of the Nazis playbook? Who oh, thought? That's a first. <laughs> that's, that's a first. That's yeah. never happened before. I can't think of any It's actually a novel comparison I've never heard <laughs> yeah, before. Yeah, really? Wow. I actually just thought of that one on my own. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. What a crazy story. Gay Pop-Tarts. Gay Pop-Tarts. Might have to be the title of the episode. <laughs> And by that, people will see the title and be like, what the fuck is this episode about? Like, I just I just can't imagine like them just not minding. They just conservatives seem to be incapable of just minding their own fucking business. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. like, sure, maybe like like I, I get it. Like, oh, you see a rainbow in the cereal aisle and you get triggered. Triggered. Nobody's forcing you to watch the Tonys. No. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> I didn't even know the Tonys were on. Well, I didn't even know that cereal started like branding with the, the bride flag. Exactly. I don't look that intently at the boxes. And it's also like, you know how I, I also didn't know that cereal started branding with pride? Because there's always been rainbows on it, yeah, bro. Yeah. They've always been there. And there's also the question of like, where does this end? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, fine. It's right now. Conservatives are very anti LGBTQ. Well, I mean, so it, it ends with the alphabet mafia taking over and there's rainbows <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> right now, conservatives are very anti LGBTQ. So uh, legally they're going to be going after them. Like, okay, mm -hmm. companies are not allowed to do this anymore because it's losing too much money. That's a, that's a violation of the, you know, the responsibility to their shareholders, yeah. whatever. Okay. Then can you start saying like, Oh, Nike did this ad with uh, I don't know, an immigrant family. So, Oh, Ooh. you can't do things 
with immigrants anymore. Uh-oh. Uh, or, oh, Nike did this, you know, they started a new line of uh, sneakers with this, um, I don't know, this black individual. Mm-hmm. So they can't do that anymore because that lost them money. <laughs> you know, like, where does this end? Do we, do we just go down the line of every single identity until it's only white straight people that can be in public view? Yeah. Probably. Probably. Yeah. That's so silly, bro. Yeah. So silly. I mean, that is what they want, though. Of course. That is what they want. Yeah. Can't get around it. Conservatives, classically, um, they want an ethnostate. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I won't be convinced otherwise. Conservatives being evil, uh, especially them and Abbott. Stevens taking L's. Oh, yeah. It, bad time to be a Steven right <laughs> bad now. Bad time to be a Steven. <laughs> Let me tell you. Spelled it. with a V or PH. Doesn't exactly. matter. Exactly. I would not want that. Uh-uh. Personally, I wouldn't want that for me. Change it. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't want to be associated anywhere near that. That's toxic to your yeah. brand. Yeah. Uh, this really is a, an episode full of W's, huh? I guess well, so. Well, I guess this last story wasn't. Uh, no, never mind. I take it back. The immigration one was pretty bad, too. Yeah, oh, true, true. I true, was that. just thinking. Not a W. <laughs> I, I was thinking Stephen Crowder taking L as a W for us, and then the debates coming up as a W. That's true. And Ohio's a W. It's a mixed bag. I'll just, exactly. let's settle with that. And, and next, I wonder what next week has in store for us. I wonder. I can't see it. I and can't you can be future. right there with us. You can be mm-hmm. right there with us as the news happens and not have to worry about the Monday, Tuesday lull. Exactly. If you become one of our humble patrons, especially at the $10 tier or 25 exactly. or however much you want. Exactly. If you want to get in and listen to the episodes before we miss vital news on Monday exactly. and Tuesday, which we will because we always do. When Trump announces that he's yeah. going to the debate tomorrow, or what, honestly, maybe even tonight at like tw- t- 9. That's basically guaranteed to happen right uh-huh. like he's gonna announce right after we're done recording <laughs> when, when he announces like tomorrow or tuesday morning and you're like damn i wish i could hear what they had to say before i have to wait like another week and a half to see it <laughs> you remember Come like on. two years ago when andrew cuomo resigned after right after we stopped recording <laughs> yes dude that was great <laughs> yes then we had to go back in and record and be like <laughs> Hey guys, this whole conversation <laughs> took place an hour before he announced that he's stepping down as governor. That was wild. And then what was it like two or three months ago when we we said on the episode nothing's gonna happen to Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day he got fired from Fox News. That was the first time I've ever been wrong. <laughs> that was crazy. Everyone at that that day, everyone was in our DMs like, "Hey, yo, Jeremy was wrong," and I was like, "Bro, I know. Okay, I get it. Fuck." I have one wrong take and everyone loses their mind. You're all going to turn on me Mm -hmm. after this. Wow. I see where the left's loyalties really lie. I know. I have have a hundred good takes and no one bats an eye. Exactly. One time I say something wrong, we're canceled. The left leaving me behind and then they ask why I left the left. I can't. (laughs) Come on now. But special thanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 These wonderful patrons, the people that keep the lights on, the Mm -hmm. angel investors, the ones that don't fall victim to the news cycle. Mm -hmm. We have to thank Nikki Nine Lives, Caden Kraut, Lord T. The Radiant, Chris the Boastman, Christy Beck, Talia Cotts, 40% 40% Spite, Andrew Harris, Mike Chaplinski, Mattias T, Omar Zuno, Clayton LaFed, Mark Yeager, Dylan B, Kaz, Caleb Joy, Jim Bob, Carl D, Rich Toro, Tari, Gavin Mahir Maldonado, Hunter W, Max Vezka, Fergalaki. Oh my God. Jacob Fergalaki's about to be in our comments. Colin Mooberry. I didn't mix it. I just flipped the order a little bit. <laughs> Colin Mooberry, Fixer Punk, Jim Egbers, Jeff Muzzy, Bagel Burrito, Cincy Alex, Joe Stenstrom, Andy, Adrian Sandoval, Chloe Sam 601, Colleen Cuts, Gregory Isn't My Name, Very Yuck, Jennifer DeVoe, Big Bird Titty, Crawfishin, Bennett Bennington III, Alexia Benanti, Nietzsche, Big Booty Beatdown, Moises T, Sam Baloney, Two-Headed Boy, Ben Shapiro's Boyfriend, Jonathan Cassis, Luke O'Shea, Cucker Tarlson, Danielle Jackson, The Word of Microsoft, Jennifer Signs, Aaron and his Gundam Gundams, Darth Father, Aiden Taylor, Corey Chambers, Sewer Snack, Elian, John Glover, Weed Thief 69, Devin Hatchard, Retro Mondo, Meatball Minion, Emma the Dude Slayer, Claire McMillan, Breezy B, Elijah Murray, Veronica, aka V, Raxon, Ash Smith, The Grottler, Magic Ian 95, Flower Clown, Jasper and Garris, Beetlebugs, Three Crows in a Trench Coat, Lonnie Rogers, Slavic and Sapphic, Casey Lynn Kelly, Snake Eyes and Hope of Giants, aka Gone, Aquana Dawn, Zach Lantian, Info Russell, Austin Greif, Marcus Corbett, uh, Caleb Roper, Dustin Waldron, Taylor Rensock, Ishi Teddy, Cami Calliope, Reagan, not like the president, Pagan Jester, Tylen Freeman, Steak Daddy, Tay Tay, Chill Cascade, Isaac Hodges, Madeline C, Pab the Pab 69, Kayla Lowe, uh, Lowe, Lau? Oh no. Oh shit. Fuck I live it. in fear we're of saying fucked names dogs. wrong. We're fucked. <laughs> Anna Volenic, uh, Eduardo Diaz, KCC, and my mom. Thank you all for supporting the show on Patreon. We update this oh, uh, yeah. this list weekly. So if we missed you by chance, you just joined. Go ahead and yell at us. Let us know. And if you want your name on that list, patreon.com exactly slash head in the office pod. Become a patron. Join the crew. Mm-hmm. And uh, get us to the moon. Join the sermon. Enjoy your Sabbaths with us in your ear. Exactly. Come on. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.